It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston, and welcome to another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty. Gosh, almost a decade I've been on this program helping you better understand the housing market, preparing you for the process of buying, selling, or investing in real estate, uh, or even joining real estate as a career. And so if you'd like to reach out to me at any point in time, you know, you have some questions about the market, about your specific home, about your plan to buy, sell, or invest, or maybe you just need a helping hand. Maybe you need some good contractor recommendations or just somebody to bounce some ideas off of. Always here to help. My team sells over 100 homes a year. We've been in the top 1% of agents since 2009. Sold about a billion dollars worth of real estate here in the Charleston area and would love to help. So the number to call if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can call or text 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or you can visit us online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Dot com. So here's what I have planned over the course of the next hour. I want to talk about the market. I hope you guys better understand what's going on with regard to the summer market here in Charleston, how that's comparing to what's happening nationally uh, and, and the spillover that we will likely experience, at least to some extent, with regard to what's happening in other markets that people are moving from to Charleston. I want to talk about uh, due diligence periods. There's a portion of the real estate contract that... Uh, at least within the first you know, few weeks, call it two weeks, sometimes a little bit longer, where the buyer inspects the property, they investigate the issues, uh, and they can renegotiate, they can terminate contracts. So, so I want to talk about that process. Uh, our contract, the state-approved purchase and sale contract, is changing this month. And so I want to talk about what some of those changes are and then how that's going to impact buyers, sellers, investors, and, and really how it's going to impact the behavior and some of the norms that we've been used to in this market. And then I also want to talk about home sale contingencies. I want to kind of go back and I want to talk about the the challenge right that a lot of folks have, which is I'd like to move. Nothing's forcing me to move, but I'd like to sell my home. It doesn't suit my needs anymore, or there's something out there that likely would be better for my needs, but I need to sell my home before I buy something else. And so how do I navigate that in a market that is still very much so a seller-driven market? You know, the scales are still heavily favored on the seller side of the table. And so how do we as a buyer and how do we as real estate agents navigate that process? I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but let's get into what's going on in the market. And first of all, if you Google just real estate news or real estate market update, the overwhelming majority of the news that you're going to read or watch or hear uh, is that the market is shifting and, and that things are starting to slow down a little bit. This, this pace that we've been used to, this, this unbelievable amount of appreciation that we've seen, even over the course of the past 12 months, uh, is starting to seem like, all right, well, maybe we're hitting the top of this market. Maybe... Uh, things are just going to start slowing down. Now, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Are we indifferent to that? I think in the grand scheme of things, 
we can all agree that the pace at which properties are appreciating in value, that the, the pace at which prices are going up is just not sustainable over time. I mean, if you look at what's going on in our specific market, inventory, you know, the number of homes for sale has gone up fairly drastically. I mean, back in April, we had about a thousand homes for sale. There were some, some days and, and for a few weeks where we had less than a thousand properties for sale. Now, we're at about 1,750 in the Tri-County area, Charleston, Berkeley, and Dorchester counties. Now, we're still far off from what we would call a normal market, especially considering you know we had 6,500 homes for sale in May three years ago before COVID hit uh, that, that following March. And so the, the rate of new listings hitting the market is, is interesting. If you, if you look at it, and you kind of you you put a line down the middle between what has been built, right, existing homes, pre-owned inventory, and then new construction. The, the the again the rate of new listings hitting the market is interesting compared to this time last year. We've put about five. We, we've had about a five percent increase in existing homes getting listed for sale. We've had about a forty percent increase in new construction listings. Now, when you look at pending sales, homes that are going under contract, pending sales of existing homes are down 7%, but pending sales for new construction are actually up 18%. And now if you look at closings, you know, home sales are just, they're just down. Existing home sales are down a little over 6% from this time last year, and new construction is down 20% from, from this time last year. And I have, I have to verify this next stat, but I believe that we we have broken the record uh, last month at least for the most appreciation in a year over year comparison in may last month the uh, uh the the median sales price in our market not only hit the highest in history here in charleston which was $451,400 but i believe it's also the biggest jump you know, year over year for, from a year over year comparison it was up 22% from this time last year, which is just incredible. I mean, two years ago, we were at just a touch over $300,000 as a median sales price. Now we're at just a touch over $450,000. That is a lot of appreciation. That is a massive amount of equity that people have built in their homes. And so when we go back and we look at you know, a lot of the reports and news that was was coming out, gosh, probably close to a year ago, especially if you, you know, if you go online and you like YouTube real estate market update, and, and you have to understand that a lot of these folks are after views and clicks and subscriptions uh, so they can get paid, right, from from YouTube. And, and it was very common for you to hear things like a a tidal wave of foreclosures getting ready to hit our market and the bubble getting ready to burst and and this picture being painted of our market being in very, very serious trouble. And when we look at what happened with COVID uh, and we look at the fact that, you know, a lot of folks stopped paying their mortgage and we had eviction moratoriums where tenants were basically staying in properties, not paying the owner wasn't collecting any rent, but they couldn't evict them. The, the thought process was we're going to have this huge slew of inventory that people don't have enough equity in to sell 
or just based on natural human behavior, when people get in trouble financially, they just they have a tendency to kind of bury their head in the sand and hope that the issue will go away or hope that time will solve their problems, which you know, historically is is not a good recipe for uh, success, right? And so the, the the idea was that the market was going to uh, release this this huge amount of distress inventory, which was going to be uh, a, a fantastic sign for investors to come in and start picking up properties and finding really good deals and so on and so forth. And obviously what we've learned is that the what we thought was going to happen, especially when COVID hit, almost the exact opposite happened, right? Everybody decided to move. And, and that's part of the reason why you're seeing, by the way, uh, a reduction in sales. If you really think about it from like a macro perspective and just take a step back for a moment, a lot of the people that now have the ability to work from home, they are virtually employed, right? They don't have to be in the office anymore, meaning they can work from anywhere. They can live anywhere. This has been going on for two years, over two years. A lot of those people that now have that luxury have already decided to move. That transaction has already occurred. And so we had a, a just a massive amount of people decide to move in a very short period of time. Now, those people that ultimately moved were likely people that were going to move within, let's say, the next five years, but their plans just accelerated. It just made sense. Hey, there's, you know, there's a little uncertainty in the market. Inventory is going down. I can work from anywhere. Interest rate, I mean, I can get an interest rate for below 3%. And a lot of people shop for real estate based on the affordability factor, right? We, we have a, a big tendency, especially in our industry, to focus on pricing when in reality people make decisions based on payments. And so a lot of those people have already moved. Now you fast forward to today and we have interest rates that have crossed 5% back in April. And that's the first time that that's happened since 2011. And so people are just trying to make sense of things right now. Again, people are shopping by payment. And when you, when you realize that you've got basically this three-pronged approach that are hitting people uh, where it hurts, right in their wallet, you've got everything going on with inflation and the fact that it's costing you a hundred bucks to fill up your car with a tank of gas food is through the roof. I mean, we we've all experienced it at this point. We know that it's, it's very real. Uh, it just costs more to live and, and to operate. We've got the increase in interest rate, which increases the monthly payment. Every 1% increase in an interest rate basically increases the monthly payment by about 10%. And on top of that, you've had massive increases in the sales price of property, which is why, you know, last show we were talking about affordability and how, uh, you know, we are at basically 70%. In other words, when you look at affordability, 100 as just a score means that the uh, payment associated with the median sales price is basically 100% in line with the median income for homes in this area at prevailing interest rates. When it dips below 100, that means homes become less affordable. And the homes are now less affordable, of course, than they have been in the past. Uh, but that number is a bit alarming. And so people are uh, they're just trying to figure out what's happening in this market right now. They are seeing signs of a shifting market. I completely agree with that. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, is that such a bad thing? No, I don't think so. Again, we all know that the rate at which properties are appreciating and this, this, this game we've been playing for years of 
what I call leapfrog pricing, meaning one home lists for $400,000 and it goes under contract in a day. And so a very similar home goes on the market down the street two weeks later while that home's under contract for $420,000 and the next one's four thirty-five, and so on and so forth. And we just see these homes continuously appreciating, which is why buyers don't necessarily, or, or agents for that matter, don't necessarily know what a home is worth because when inventory is so low and, and the way that I explain things is that when, when we're talking about pricing, we've got three opinions, right? We've got how much the seller thinks it's worth, how much the buyer is willing to pay, and then what you can prove through historical data. You know, what has sold recently that was similar as an indication of what a similar property should sell for now, taking into account how much homes have appreciated between when that comparable home sold and now. But when you have a very limited amount of inventory and demand far exceeds that supply, then the gap between what we can prove a home is worth through data and what a buyer is willing to pay gets bigger. And so that's why it is challenging to determine how much a home is actually worth because frankly, it's worth what a buyer is willing to pay. Sure, you have your opinion on what you think it's worth or what it's worth to you in order to sell it. That's a very valid point. And of course, there's the data that we need to use, especially if a buyer is getting a mortgage because we have to justify that sales price through an appraisal. But now that we've got some of these signs showing up saying that, hey, you know, sales are down, the pace is starting to maybe decelerate a little bit, payment has gone through the roof. I mean, it's basically 50% more to own a home now from a payment perspective than it was, you know, 18 months ago. And so it's just causing people to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not entirely sure uh, if this is something that I want to do, because the, the whether they can or they cannot is is frankly just a, a it's it's a math equation, right? It's how much is my home worth today? How much equity do I have in my home after all of the expenses associated with the sale are taken out, and after my loan is paid off? How much money do I have left to then reinvest into something else? And then how much is that going to cost me on a monthly basis? And so they have that conversation with that lender. They determine what that new cost of home ownership will be. And then it's just the question of, does that make sense? Is it worth it for me to make a move? And I think a lot of people are saying, you know what, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm going to see what happens. And that is what is going to exacerbate the, the, the shifts and the changes in our market. When people straddle the fence, when people don't necessarily know what's going on and it causes indecision, that's what causes properties to sit on the market a little bit longer. That's what causes sellers to start to reduce their price more often. And when buyers see that, they say, okay, maybe things are starting to come my way a little bit, right? Maybe there's at least something in the market that favors the buyers a little bit. Now, for, for the short term, we, we've got two different buckets, right? We've got the people that want to move and the people that need to move. The people that need to move are going to move. They're going to buy more often than not, right? But the people that want to move, we need to figure out how we're going to manage this process of selling your home and buying another because the reality is even though inventory is going up, it's still low. We still have very few options. We're still seeing multiple offers. It's still 
a tough time if you're a buyer. So a little bit later on in this program, we're going to talk about that process. We're going to talk about how we effectively manage selling a home and buying another without (laughs) making you homeless. That should be goal number one. And so stick around because we're going to have more conversation with regard to this right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. And remember, if you want to reach out to me, you have some questions about the market, you want to talk a little bit more about what you have in store, uh, then feel free to call or text me. My number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or you can always send me an email, Brian, that's Brian with an I, at brianbeattyteam.com. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Visit Brian Beatty's website at listingsincharleston.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues next on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA. Now, here's more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I'm your host, Brian Beatty. Thanks again for joining me this morning as we talk about the real estate market here in Charleston, helping you better understand the process, helping you understand what's happening Uh, in this market, so that if you're thinking of buying, selling, or investing in real estate, by listening to this show, you are an informed consumer. And again, I've been on this program for almost 10 years, been selling real estate here in Charleston since 2006. I've been in the top 1% of agents since 2009, well over a 1,000 transactions, over a billion dollars in real estate represented. Uh, And so I help you better understand what you should know as it relates to this market. What direction are we going in? If you're going to buy, sell, or invest, what do you need to know in order for this to be a a profitable transaction for you? So that's the goal of this show. So I want to switch gears just a little bit. We just talked about what's going on with the market. One thing that's going to change that's going to impact us here locally is that the purchase and sale contract, right, the state-approved agreement that a buyer and a seller signs when selling real estate is going to change this month. And the big change is going to be to uh, the section in the contract that talks about the inspection process. Now, what we have right now is a contract that essentially allows for three different options. Option number one is just as is, meaning, hey, if you want to do an inspection, that's fine, but it's only for informational purposes. You cannot use your findings in any way, shape, or form to renegotiate the contract. If you do, you're in default. Your earnest money is at risk. The second option is something called repair procedure, which they're getting away with and well, they're getting away from because there's so much gray area in this contract. Essentially, the premise behind repair procedure is that, hey, you can do an inspection, but you can't ask the seller for any cosmetic issues. You can't ask them to bring the property up to code. You can't ask them to address any deferred maintenance related issues. Uh, it really only revolve the, the the things that a buyer can request to be repaired by the seller really only revolve around things like making the roof free of leaks, making sure the HVAC and the mechanicals of the property are in good working order, that there are no that there are no plumbing or electrical issues, there are no foundation related issues, there are no safety related issues, 
Um, you can you can ask for things to be repaired uh, so long as they're basically major in nature. And if the seller agrees to make those repairs, then you as the buyer are obligated to move forward with the purchase of the property. But so many times, you know, if, if you've looked at an... God, I've probably looked at thousands of inspection reports at this time. And of course, it's the inspector's job to find every little thing wrong with the house. And that's what they should be doing. And I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. I, I've, I do at times have issues with uh, inspectors that um, interject too much of their opinion rather than delivering facts that then influences the buyer's um, perception of the condition of the property or just freaks them out basically. Um, but anyways, not to get on that soapbox, the, the, the reality is, is that our new contract is only going to focus on the third option, which is due diligence. Now, due diligence is used, you know, widespread throughout the country. Um, it's used in commercial deals. It's used in vacant land deals. Um, and it has been an option in our contract for years. But what they're doing now is they're just simplifying things. They're saying, okay, as it relates to the inspection process, when you're going to buy a home or when you're going to sell a house, there's going to be one option moving forward, and that's going to be due diligence. Now, due diligence is some predetermined period of time that's agreed upon by the buyer and the seller that allows the buyer to do a few things. Number one, it allows them to inspect or investigate whatever they want to inspect or investigate. It allows them to renegotiate the contract as they see fit. In other words, they can ask you to do or change or modify anything in the contract. It, of course, also allows them to just proceed, right? They, they might not find anything worthy of uh, squashing the deal over, and they say, okay, well, you know, everything looks all right. We're just going to move forward with the purchase, which doesn't happen all that often, but it does happen. Uh, or it allows them to terminate the contract. And so the challenge that I think a lot of sellers have and have had for, for years and years is that because there have been multiple options within the contract, if somebody chooses due diligence, let's say you have a house and you know that there are some things that are going on with it, right? You know there are some issues. You know the buyers are going to find some things when they do their inspection. Um, the buyer's likely going to choose due diligence to say, hey, you know, I don't want to be limited in terms of what I can request for the seller to fix. So I'm going to use due diligence because under due diligence, a buyer could say, hey, you know what? Uh, I want you to fix these things, or I want you to reduce the price, or I want you to paint your house purple. I mean, literally any of those things are okay in in due diligence. But what has been common, especially in our market, because of the fact that there are options in the contract, is that when due diligence is selected, and this is really important, when due diligence is selected, there is also a predetermined termination fee. And so here's what that means. If the seller, let's say that a due diligence period is 15 days, okay? In return for the seller taking the property off the market for 15 days or changing the status of the property to under contract or what we call active contingent, which really means that showings uh, significantly slow down and basically stop because agents see that it's under contract and most agents don't want to take the time 
to show properties that are already under contract with another buyer, which frankly is a mistake, but we'll talk about that later. But what this this section of the contract says is that, hey, in return for the seller agreeing to your offer and being open to the idea or the concept that the buyer can literally renegotiate any part of this contract, there should be a fee associated with the buyer electing to terminate the contract. So let's say on day 14, the buyer says, you know, hey, I know we're under contract for half a uh, you know, half million bucks, $500,000. Um, I want you to install all new flooring and I want a new roof and I want you to take an extra 50 grand off the price of the house uh, because we want to make some changes and whatever they want, they can ask for in due diligence. Because the seller is opening themselves up to God knows what sort of uh, negotiation they want to do after the fact, there should be some predetermined fee that says, hey, you know what? If you basically tie up my property and waste my time and make some sort of ridiculous uh, proposal, then if you terminate this contract, I want some sort of compensation for taking the property off the market. Now, it's up to the buyer and the seller through the advice of their agents to determine what an appropriate termination fee amount is but over the past several years you know what that fee has been historically kind of the norm so to speak zero dollars and so the very frustrating thing especially when a seller is selling something that they know needs some work and and what buyers have been doing as a tactic is making an offer with a due diligence period knowing full well that toward the end of that due diligence period, they're going to really try to twist the knife on that seller and say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to reduce our offer amount by $50,000 or some, some, some big number, something that is going to make the seller very uncomfortable. Um, and if there is no termination fee attached to it, then, you know, this is a very common tactic among investors. They'll tie up the property and they'll do some sort of prolonged due diligence period, maybe a 30, 60, even 90-day due diligence period. And they'll say, hey, we'll close right at the end of the due diligence period. And what a lot of these investors will do is they will basically tie up a property that they know needs work, and they'll try and resell it for more. They'll try and flip the contract. That's called wholesaling. And if they can't find a buyer, well, they'll just cancel the deal. And if they haven't put a termination fee, then they get their earnest money back, there's no cost associated with terminating the contract, and all they've done is is waste everybody's time. But I think what a lot of buyers are banking on is the idea that the seller starts to put some things in motion, right? They realize that if they've got like maybe a 45-day closing on the contract and a 15-day due diligence period, I mean, you, you still have to pack up your home and move and find a place, and there's a lot of moving parts in a transaction. And so what a lot of buyers will do is they'll wait till the very last minute. They'll hit the seller over the head with some sort of big reduction or some sort of you know kind of outlandish request uh, for, for repairs. And they're going to try and get as much out of the seller as they can with the hope that the seller has become emotionally invested into the process of moving into something else. And they're trying to catch them between a rock and a hard place. And that's, a, I mean, anybody, any agent out there that's listening, you know I'm telling the truth. And that's what, Part of this show is all about is to help you understand what is happening behind the scenes in this industry so that when you go to buy something, when you go to sell something, when you go to invest in something, you understand the rules of the game.
That's what the show is all about, is arming you with the knowledge to succeed at whatever point in time in this market you decide to enter it uh, or exit it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, this is not the Charleston that I have grown to love. Uh, I'm out of here. And so uh, we will miss you. Uh, for me, I'm not going anywhere. I love this place. But anyways, that's what's happening with due diligence. And, and it's really important that when you are sitting down with your agent, that you are discussing how to navigate this process. I have heard the stories of people getting their home under contract, putting a down payment on a place to go lease or basically spending money before they should be writing checks because they are in due diligence. And during that due diligence period, unless you have negotiated a hefty termination fee, which most people don't, uh, what can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, you're going to find yourself in a position where you have accelerated your own plans so much that you're that the buyer is hoping they catch you in, in a position where you say, you know what, Pfft, I'm just over this. You know what, fine, fine. I'll take you know $30,000 off the price. Could I put it back on the market and sell it for more? Sure, but man, that sounds really inconvenient. And that just is what it is. That is, that is human behavior. That is why so many investors, so many hedge funds, so many institutional buyers are able to purchase property right now. Even in basically the best seller market we have seen in decades, people are still selling homes at discounts because they value the convenience of just being able to hand over the keys, taking their money and running. And as I've mentioned, I mean, I have a relationship with a hedge fund. If you want to sell your home, I can literally bring you a cash offer, no financing, no appraisal contingency, no repairs, flexible closing date. It is real. We have done at least 10 transactions with them in the past 30 days. So if you're a seller out there, you're, you would like to take the easy way out rather than opening yourself up to showings and negotiations and some of the stuff that I just mentioned, then give me a call. These, these folks are paying full price for properties. It's insane. And, and, for, and by the way, all they're doing is trying to park their money in a safe investment and realize a reasonable return on that investment for their shareholders. They're not here to get rich off the properties. They're just trying to find something safe because the market is volatile right now and everybody is chasing yield. So if that's something that you'd like to learn more about, or if you just want to have a conversation with me in general about your plans to move, buy, sell, invest, maybe even get into this industry, I welcome your phone call. You can also text me. My number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And of course, you can always send me an email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Hear the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show every Saturday morning at 9 and each Sunday morning at 10 on 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. You're listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. 
You know, I always like to take just a moment and say thank you to, to those of you that listen to this program and rely on the information within it to help shape your understanding of our market, the process of buying, selling, investing in real estate. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you to those of you that reach out uh, and, and that do business with us and, and also those that just have general knowledge questions. We're here to help. Uh, we're here to be a resource for you. So if you have questions about the process, the market, it doesn't matter if you're thinking of doing something next month or next year. We're just here to help. Maybe you need a good contractor recommendation. We're here to help. We've got all of those folks. The number to call if you'd like to reach out to us is 843-800-0065, 843-800-0065. That's my personal cell, by the way. That comes straight to me, 843-800-0065. Or check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. A lot of great stuff on this website. Uh, previous versions of our radio show, there's years of content on that uh, website. You can search the MLS. You can find out how much your home is worth. You can find out how many buyers we have for your home right now. We have an active living, breathing database of about 20,000 buyers that look at our property for homes for sale. We know what they're looking for, area, zip code, price range, features of homes. And so when you put in your address, it will tell you how many buyers in our database are looking for a home like yours. And frankly, that's one of the ways that we add value, not just to listen to these programs, but to people in general, in that we provide buyers for their home rather than the very reactive approach that most agents take, which is, hey, let's just put it in the MLS, let the agents show their clients the property, hope it gets into a multiple offer situation. Of course, we do that too, but we want to be so much more proactive and we want to make sure that we're providing you with the best options possible to sell your home, whether it's valuing a very quick sale, a very easy sale, a sale for the most money, no matter how long it takes, whatever your objective is, we have a solution for you, including the ability to bring you a cash offer with basically no contingencies at full price through our relationship with a hedge fund. So if that's information you'd like, 843-800-0065 or check us out online listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com or send an email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. So I want to talk for just a, a little bit here on the process of selling a home and buying another. And I've, I've talked about this many times on this program over the years, uh, but it's not like the, the challenge or the issue or the, or the problem is, is going away. Uh, and, and I certainly don't expect everybody to listen every week for, for eight years and, and absorb all this information. So here we go. The, the challenge that a lot of people have, especially those that you know they'd like to sell, they don't really need to sell, right? Nothing's pushing them out the door. There's no, there's no deadline associated with them moving, but they'd like to move, right? There's, their, their home does not fit their needs anymore, or they know that another home would fit their needs better, whether that's location or features, so on and so forth. Maybe things have gone really well for you over the past few years, and it's time for an upgrade. Maybe you just need more space because you have more kids. Maybe you need less space because kids are gone, and now it's time to find something a little more manageable. In any case, if you need to sell your home and that, uh, that closing needs to occur before you buy another home, you do have some options. So the first option is just the very traditional option of making an offer on the home that you want to buy and having it be contingent upon the sale of your home. 
Now, of course, the question that that seller is going to ask is, is your home on the market? Yes or no. Is it under contract? Yes or no. If it's under contract, at what stage in the process are you in? Kind of like what we were talking about uh, in the last segment. Is it due diligence? Is it as is? What's the likelihood of this transaction actually happening? Do you have a contract on your home in which the buyer for your home needs to sell their home? How many dominoes are in a row that have been stacked up uh, that need to get tipped over before you can ultimately purchase the home that you've made the offer on? And I'm here to tell you, sometimes these questions are just not asked by the agent representing the seller that receives an offer with a home sale contingency. Big mistake. But it happens. This is why we talk about these things. First and foremost, to educate you on what the options are, but also to educate you on what you need to know so that you can hold your agents accountable. You do not want to be learning the real estate process with your agent at the same time, right? That's why you hire a professional, somebody that has been through this process time and time and time again, knows the questions that are going to be asked before they're asked, knows the answers, knows what's going to happen before it happens so they can consult you and guide you throughout this transaction. And so option number one, of course, is just making the offer on the home that you want to buy with the caveat that you need to sell your home first. Now, if your home's not even on the market yet, then the advice would be to have a very short window of time between the time that that offer is accepted and the time that you put your home on the market as the first deadline, the second deadline needs to be, hey, once that home goes on the market, we only have a certain amount of time before that home needs to be under contract, which is deadline number two. And then deadline number three is that either way, we are going to sell our home by such and such a date. If at any point in time, these deadlines are not reached, then the contract can be terminated. Now you can work out whether you give them some of your earnest money or if there's some sort of termination fee or if you as the buyer get your earnest money back. That's all up to the buyer and the seller as to the negotiations that occur. Another option can be to have a company purchase the property that you want to buy so that they buy it. It gives you time to sell your home. And then once your home has sold, you buy the property from the company that bought it for you, usually for like a 2% fee plus whatever it would cost you to rent that property, but on a per diem basis. We have all of this information available for you guys. There are, there are a few different ways of doing this. The other option, of course, would be selling your home and uh, negotiating a lease back with the buyer, saying, hey, give me 60 days to, to, to sell this house, but I want to stay here for an extra 60 days, which will give me the time that I need you know, four months is certainly enough time for me to reasonably find another property. The last option could be instead of a home sale contingency, you have a home purchase contingency, meaning you put your home on the market knowing that you want to move, but a caveat to you selling your home is that you have to be given a certain amount of time to find a replacement property. So if somebody makes an offer on your home and you don't know where you're going yet, then you can create a period of time that says, hey, if I can't find a replacement property in you know 30 days after signing this contract, then I have the right to back out of this deal because I'm not going to make myself homeless. Or of course, the other option would be if you find a buyer that's just willing to pay you top dollar for the property, maybe you're okay with going and renting somewhere for a few weeks or a month or two 
while finding that next place to move into. There are several different ways to skin the cat here, but if you want to talk through those options, give me a call and we'll see what works best for you. 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Stick around. We've got a few more minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show right here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. More stimulating talk on real estate matters with Brian Beatty next on 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA. Now, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues on Charleston's Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. With the last few minutes, I want to talk for just a moment about the luxury side of our market. We've had a lot of folks over the past few years that have really honed in on Charleston, uh, as an area to buy their second, third, fourth, fifth plus home. And of course, in addition to all the people that just want to move here that are in the luxury price range, a million plus. Now, it's, I think, very important to understand, especially when you're selling luxury real estate, that there is a lot of similarities between agents in terms of what they do to market properties. And frankly, their marketing is going to be the same whether it is a home that's $100,000 or a million dollars. Their service might change. Their attentiveness likely will change. But the arsenal that they have access to from a marketing perspective is essentially the same, which is the same old conveyor belt they always use, which is let's put it on the MLS. We'll let it syndicate to all of these websites And let's hope that we're in the right place at the right time when a buyer's online and they're looking around for properties. And so on one hand, you can, you can be the agent or you can hire the agent that, you know, stands on the street corner and, and whips the sign around to try and catch the traffic and say, Hey, look at me, look at my listing and, and hope that the buyer communicates with you about that house. But that's a very reactive approach to selling real estate. It's nothing different than the sign in the yard, whether it's physically in the yard or it's online, because it's not like those agents are doing anything to drive traffic to those nationally used websites. And and by the way, there is no sort of like secret website that luxury buyers use to search for real estate, right? They all use the same basic information. They go where the information is. And so the, the websites are basically the same across the board. Zillow, Realtor.com, Redfin, so on and so forth. What's different and how you differentiate yourself or how some agents have differentiated themselves in the luxury department is understanding the behavioral traits, the online patterns and behaviors of luxury buyers coupled with demographic geographic profiles, a true understanding of what a person purchasing a luxury home is going to do online. If you understand, from as an agent, if you understand how they behave, how they search for real estate, how they make decisions, the information that they value, the communication style that they value, how they negotiate, all, all of these things that go into a luxury-based transaction, then you are positioned as a seller with, with adequate representation to sell your home. 
it's a different animal to sell luxury real estate because the people that you deal with are, are they just they go about the process a little differently. There there are some more hoops to jump through. It really takes an understanding of how they operate in order for that transaction to be smooth, successful, and profitable. We've had a lot of luxury sales on my team over the course of the past several years, uh, but certainly over our 16-year career. If you're thinking of selling your luxury home, we've just had two very nice sales, $5 million plus. We'd love the opportunity to earn your business. If you'd like to reach out to me personally and have a conversation about that, my number is 843-800-0065. That's 843-800-0065. Or you can check us out online. You can see the listings that we sell, Listings in charleston.com that's www.listingsincharleston.com thank you so much for taking time to listen to this program we always appreciate your calls you guys enjoy your weekend thanks again for listening to the brian Beatty real estate show on the big talker 1250 wtma and wtma.com join us for another edition of the brian Beatty real estate show next saturday morning at nine and sunday morning at 10 contact brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com that's listingsincharleston.com or call him at 843-400-8009 that's 843-400-8009